Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio, a show featuring people and companies who are making a positive contribution to the world. This show will help you learn how to apply success principles in every area of your life so that you can make the most out of your skills and talents and accomplish more of your goals. To find out more about the show, please visit www.journeytosuccessradio.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Journey to Success Radio Network. My name is Timothy Chem. I am a survivor of the cruel and harsh Pol Pot regime in Cambodia. This year is the 40th year of my new life after escaping from Pol Pot's death row in May 1975. I am an Allstate agency owner in Nanuet, Rockland County, New York, since 1987. You can reach me at 845-624-2500 for your insurance needs in New York, or you can go to www.allstateagencies.com slash 021070. Our special guest for today's show is my great friend, my compatriot, as well as my colleague, the one and only Chakra or Chantu Ur, also known as Obun. First, I would like to share this short but powerful bio with the world. And Chakra or Chantu Ur, also known as Obun, was born on a small sandy island about 20 miles from Phnom Penh. Often at early age, he was raised by various foster families as well as by Buddhist monks. He claims his most valuable learning came from his time spent living in Buddhist temples. The social and political turmoil in his country led him to leave Cambodia in the 1980s. Yet he fled his country firmly committed to making as he stated, the world aware of suffering life his homeland experienced under the communist and also to prove to the world the rich culture hidden within the depth of Cambodia's long and glorious history. Self-taught, Chantu works in a variety of mediums, including stone, metal, and wood. His art began as he relates, sometimes so early in my life, perhaps at the age of two or three, when my hands started to coordinate with my eyes. He has difficulties knowing whether art is part of his life or his life part of his art. Over the last two decades, Gentu Ur has participated in a number of exhibitions he won the first prize at the Global Cambodian Art Festival in Long Beach, California. 
participated in the Smithsonian's National History exhibit across the seas and over the mountains. He took part in a Khmer Arts exhibition at Chicago's Field Museum of Natural History. Recently, he presented his poetry and arts at the Weissman Museum in Minneapolis, Minnesota, in an exhibition entitled Facing Death. With his simple philosophy, the more you share, the more you get, the more you teach, the more you know. Chen Tu embraces his multi-talents working worldwide with a promissory commitment to retracing his way back to his homeland where he thinks he belongs to at last chapter of his life. Chakra, my friend, you have an incredible and amazing background there, but I believe that our listeners will love to hear more about your life. There are not many Cambodian artists left in this world and you are among the very few great artists I know who survived the Cambodian atrocity. Can you share a little bit more about the main events of your life, maybe five to six main events that stood out the most? And let's start it from the very beginning until now, will you? Yes, but uh, first of all, I'd like to thank you and thank your uh, program to uh, include me in there and the way you read, it make me, it almost brings tear to my eye, even though that tear is also exists in my heart already. Oh, wow. So, uh, I can understand it, it, that. It is, I never expect that uh, I can go through all this and having someone, you know, wrote down my history like that, you know. Born as an orphan in the smallest island in Cambodia, and become an orphan, as I said in my resume, there's it's just nobody, you know, in the in the poor country. You're an orphan, you're almost nobody. And an orphan in the smallest island in the country, it makes me even smaller. You have to find magnify glass to find <laughs> me in the society, you know. Yeah. So, yep. But, uh, but you make yeah, a, you you have made it big, my friend. So let's start it from the beginning until now. Let's go to the biggest events uh, of your life. Well, I think the first point I should uh, briefly tell you that uh, and tell the uh, the listener that uh, first I have to fight my mm-hmm. way, you know, to get out of uh, a hopeless life as an orphan, you know, to survive as somebody, and mm-hmm. I succeed that. You know, succeed that just to make it short. You know, that's nice. the first step is to get out of that uh, uh, living less like a home, uh, like a hopeless person. And then the second one, I have to set my mind to find or search way to stay alive in the society, including the time that we spend in the killing field that uh, ruined our nation rep- reputation as the Khmeru time. But in, indeed, it, 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 was the, it was the trick and the crooky way of the Vietnamese and the Chinese uh, make that happen. Find way to stay alive in that, and I succeed there too. I'm alive up to now and having a back to, Back a little bit, uh, Chat Crowd. When you say that you were uh, an orphan, do you mean that your mother and your father passed away when you were young? 
Yes, I was almost probably my my father passed uh, passed away. I did not remember, but I remember a little bit of my my mother. Probably I'm a little bit over a year, you know. Short short. I have a short memory of her. Yeah. I hope it wasn't for 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 any other than uh, disease or anything. Was it during war or what happened? Well, I think war affected the life of my father, and when my mom lost my father, it kind of lost hope, and then she get depressed and and probably die of that, you know. Mm. All right. Okay, so go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you escaped the Khmer Rouge, and uh, go ahead. Yeah, I uh, in, in the Khmer Rouge, I had to set my mind to search way to stay alive, and I did that. And after that, seeing the fall of the Khmer Rouge, seeing the Vietnamese invade our country, I set mind to find a way to empower friends and people around to stand up and defend our nation. When I look around and see all the, the Vietnamese invasion and, and ruin, uh, thinking of the way that they're going to come and ruin our society and our country. So I find a way to, uh, to recruit people, and I run through that way with a successful way too. We got we find a lot of friends to join and create the freedom fighter in the jungle and go from there. Stay so you lived uh, you live uh, through Khmer Rouge uh, for four years, almost four years I believe, almost right? Yes. And then uh, and then when the Vietnamese invaded Cambodia, then you uh, left Cambodia to uh, join the or to create freedom fighters there. I did not leave Cambodia. I just leave the town, go to the jungle, still in Cambodia. Oh, you you were still in Cambodia, okay? Still in Cambodia, yeah. Oh, wonderful, yeah. But never accept the freedom that they they come. They call us liberators, but they not. They come to invade us. Since the the first day we saw the Vietnamese, we know that it's going to be a big trouble. Yeah. Okay. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about searching way to do and setting mind to do things, and I did that according to the mind that I that you know what my mind telling me to do. You know. Okay, so then that was the biggest event, I believe. It was a, a tough decision to do, right? You. Uh, didn't run anywhere to the camp or anything. You decided to stay and build um, freedom fighters to uh, regain, hopefully to regain Cambodia back from the invader. Yeah, that was a that big, was, uh, that, big decision. No, yeah, there was no no camp back then. We stopped okay. the camp. Yeah, there was no camp. It just it just a mess when the Vietnamese when the fall of the Khmerus. And the Vietnamese come over, everybody it just go wildly in the whole country. And a lot of people lost direction. They don't know where to go, you know. But, you know, to me and to some of our, uh, my friends, knowing that the Vietnamese are always, you know, no good to our, to our society, to our country. So we, we come up with the idea we have to do something, you know. We have to, to prepare you know, to, to wait for the big, you know, thing that's going to happen, big bad thing that's going to happen to our nation, and we did that. That was a brave act indeed. How long did you stay at the uh, in the jungle to uh, fight the uh, invaders? 
Yeah, from the probably almost two years. Yeah, almost two years. Yeah. Are you saying but that from the 79, uh, 79 to 80, 81? 80, yeah, close to 81, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. How did you get out then? Well, uh, I have to say some negative thing about our society. You know, First, we think about how to liberate our country, and then when it comes uh, to stay in the jungle, you know, the sense of the sense of corruption, the sense of, you know, the taste of money, the taste of dollar, the taste of uh, Thai money, it just ruined our plan. Some of the crook people, some of the crook friends there uh, become, you know, facing each other with the wrong direction, uh, with the different direction of that we set mind to begin with. So You're talking about the infightings uh, between the groups that were uh, formed then? Yes. Or because of greed, right? Yeah. Yeah, because of greed. And that, that the disease in our society and also the force that pushed us around from the Vietnamese and from uh, from the new government side, it just it just we could not we could not stand that because it's it's too strong for us. During that time we don't have any outside help, you know. We just survive mm. on our own. You know, survive on on the power that we set in our heart and our uh, in our mind. Yeah. So there was a, a big event there, and you survived that as well. Though that was amazing. Um, I you know, survived. I mean, I uh, yeah, yeah. I in the seventies, uh, late seventies, I uh, was here already in United States. Uh, watching, you know, all the news and everything concerning about Cambodia, I, uh, I could imagine, uh, you know, how you went through there because not too many people would decide to uh, to stay back and fight. Everybody seemed to like, okay, uh, Cambodia, we left and go to the camp and do whatever they have to do. I had stayed in the camp for quite a while there in '75 and '76. So while I was in the camp, you were staying in uh, inside Cambodia with the Khmer Rouge, right? How did yes. you survive them, though? I mean, two million people died during that time. It was amazing that you came out of there alive and did what you have to do. Have to well, do. just like as I say, set mind to search or find way to stay alive. You have mm-hmm. to put two more or three more or four more eyes behind your head. To look around everywhere, and not only to stay alive, but to to accomplish my goal of writing and following day-to-day activity, and I write down everything successfully, bring it all the way here up to today too. You know, record everything that I that I I think I should record. You know, I should write down. So you did you did a lot of writing even during the uh, Khmer Rouge uh, tightening. Yes, yes. When I talk about writing during the Khmer Rouge, not many people believe me. I, I've been talking over and over through, you know, uh, Cambodian radio in Washington D.C. all the way to uh, Khmer World Radio. No one believed me, but I, I just 
You have to be in my gallery just like you. You can't you, you see my work. Yeah. You yeah, well, uh, whether they believe it or not, it happened. So, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, well, I had to agree with most of them. It was like, wow, how could you do that? I couldn't even have a piece of paper with me, and I never mind about having pen or pencil, And but I I guess uh, with your determinations and everything, I don't have any questions. I, I, I think you, uh, you know, you could, do anything you wish to do in spite of the uh you know the difficulties during that time but then what happened next chakra well not to talk about i mean not to forget about uh walking through the rain of bullet during the first war before the Khmerus take over and mm-hmm. the rain of bullet in the jungle during the freedom fighter camp while we tried to liberate our country from the Vietnamese invasion, I walked through that without without having any scratch on my skin. And even though that we cannot accomplish to push back the Vietnamese invasion out of our, our country, but we did our part as a human being and as a Cambodian person, as a Cambodian freedom fighter, you know. Mm. And give up because we just too weak for the strong invasion. So running away from that with tea in my heart and tea in my eye, come to join the Kawidang refugee camp in Thailand. In there, that's where I lost track, lost living direction for a while. Don't know what to start, where to start, and don't know where to go. Just go with the flow for a while, you know. Yeah, for so you while. stayed in uh, in Khaoidang with uh, probably thousands and thousands of Khmer or Cambodian refugees there, right? Yes, yes, yes. With uh, there, there was some some Vietnamese refugee there, some Lao refugee there too. I I, I believe, yeah, there was mm-hmm. big camp. Yeah. How long did you stay there? I stayed there probably almost a year. And but the first three or four months is kind of lost direction. But uh, the self-esteem come back with the mindset you're gonna find a way to go back to join the freedom fighter in the in in the camp, join the brave old friend that I left in 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 the jungle. Uh-huh. But uh, yes, always always think that one day I will be back and 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 help them and join them. But thing getting you know pushed me around from one thing to another and come up with an idea of open an art class for fun, not not for anything big. To start with, using my skill as an artist, I teach children in the refugee camp how to draw, and mm. one word lead to another and getting bigger and bigger. And the world organization called IRC. That's full word is is called International Rescue Committee. Uh-huh. They hire me as an art teacher and teach three classes with the salary of one class. I volunteer that. <laughs> yeah. How did you? Where did you learn that artwork from? I I read the, your uh, bio there. It was just saying that you were like learning that thing from age two and three. I did not know where I learned in Cambodia. They call it. Uh, Tape kosal, or you know, talent. Okay. like a mother give, you know, the 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 gift that the mother nature gave you. And I just okay. know how to draw since I was little. 
And as I state in my resume that I become an artist probably a few months before I was born. You know, that's, <laughs> that's a joke, but it was true. You know, I probably learned somewhere in, inside my mom's womb. <laughs> Somehow, okay. I just know it. Yeah. So this thing, this thing is is like a quote unquote God given talents to you then. Yes. So it wasn't that you learned uh, uh, in, in a, a school or anything. I remember yes. that uh, you know in yeah. Cambodian uh, schools there was not really much thing that we could do to learn any art. Uh, you know, in primary school or even in in middle school. But that, that was one that was one moment or one little story that I have to share with you, you know, before uh-huh. I forget it. Because you were born in the countryside and I was born in the countryside. We all pretty much the same, you know. Yeah. We go through rice field, we go to uh river, we go to you know, play with, you know, muddy water and all that stuff. And I start my art as a slingshot artist. Oh, slingshot hunter. You know slingshot, right? Yeah. <laughs> Use it many times to shoot uh, to shoot birds and bees yeah. and stuff. Back in my time as an orphan in the island, killing is a way of life. Hunting is a way of life. Not killing, hunting is a way of life. <laughs> okay. If you don't hunt and go fishing, you're dead. You not have any food to eat. So I choose to do both. That's why I still, you know, I love fishing and I give up hunting now, but when I was young, I hunt. Hunt, hunt is, is the way to collect food. Before you hunt with slingshot, you got to have a little clay marble that you make it yourself. You know, you know. Oh, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. You make it. You make a round marble, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. I go to the river, pick up clay, <clears throat> pick up mud clay, and come out on the side of the river, sit down, find a good place to sit down, and when you sit down, your skin dry. You know how dry skin from my yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I make my mop, my marble, and the last piece of the clay I make into a little animal, like cow, dog, cat, or whatever. Uh huh. And let it sun dry with all that marble. And when I wait for that marble to dry, but with my skin dry, I pick up a little stick and draw on my skin. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Draw uh-huh. on the dry skin. It makes like a white powder tattoo. Uh-huh. I draw anything on my skin, from leg to arm to my chest to my stomach and everything. It <laughs> makes a white white tattoo everywhere on my body. And when I find no more plain skin to draw, I jump in the river and wash it out and come up, wait for my marble and the skin dry again, and I draw again. That is my, my I use my skin as a canvas to draw. That's how uh-huh. I learn, I think. Back then, I didn't know that it's learning, but that's how I learn, you know? Wow. This, wow. this is the story I want to tell. And when I look at marble, it dry enough to go through hunting, then I collect my marble put in my pocket, I put in my chroma pocket. Uh-huh. And then the, the scarf. A little statue, okay. Yeah, a little right. animal that I make it, I uh-huh. just toss it in the air and let it fall back in the river and turn into a clay mud. I did not collect Very anything. 
Yeah. Interesting, my friend. Interesting. This is so now our... go back to the camp. Now go back to the camp. Now uh, you were working in the camp as a as a teacher, uh, teaching arts uh, for for I believe it's uh, uh, refugee children there, the refugees, the students there, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that 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 I use the skill that I learned from from I teach myself or I learn from uh-huh. whatever you should call to teach the children. There is no step, no technique. No book that I, I I I pass on my skill to the children. Uh-huh. I pass on what I learn to tell the children to repeat what I did in the in in when I was young, you know, by seeing and by thinking. I teach mm-hmm. children how to draw what they think and what they see. So I wow. put some object on the table and help them draw anything that they see on the table. And sometimes I tell them, don't look at anything, just think of anything that you draw. And they did it. They come up with, with, with some good drawing. I wish I can have, I, I, I could have some collection of those students, you know. Yeah. And I, it, through that three classes, come up with pretty good number of good art students, you know. I... I enjoy that, and I I think I can change. I I could change some uh, some children feeling from no direction to having you know time good time together in uh, in my art class. You know, take them off the street, walking around with no direction, to sitting around and having fun together in class. That was my. I believe that many of them now are becoming artists and. Uh, uh, probably remember you forever, right? Yeah. I uh, run to a few of them, but I hope that with this radio going on, I hope that I can find more students back in that old time. Yeah. Yes, I will hope so too. Mm. Well, then, uh, uh, to make the story short, maybe probably we do have some time, uh, other time to uh, uh, dig into uh, details of your life and all that. I believe that um, after that you uh, were um, allowed to go to United States, right? Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. yes I, what year uh, did you uh, come to the United States, though? What, in 1981? Yeah, uh, besides teaching class as an art teacher, I also joined mm-hmm. the classical uh, dancing school in Kaoidang, and I become a head de- uh, state decorator and also the uh, technical director of that school. That's how we get sponsor to sponsor a ah, okay. teacher and student to come to the United States. And I told them that they asked me where I want to go, and I told them, just take me, because I don't have any friend or relative here, just take me to where they have a lot of gallery and museums so I can enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move to that historical uh, moments now about your professional skills. I don't know how you made it. Uh, you didn't go to school for it. You came up with all the ideas yourself. Now, but out of the many professions out there in the whole life world, you could have done something else or been in a different fields of work like millions of people out there. For example, you could be 
an accountant, a teacher, a professor, a doctor, a nurse, so on and so on and so on. Why as an artist? Why artist? Well, the thing is, I was born or I come up with what I should call that. It's, it's a free spirit that I did not want to be anybody's slave or anybody's employee. Or I do not want to work for anybody all my life because probably because I'm an orphan, I never have any parent to 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 discipline me or to 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 control me. That's why I become a free person, maybe. And coming to United States, like you say, is for all that profession, for all that skill, for all that that line of job. Why I become an artist? It's not come easy, but come through a lot of thinking. I think of, I, I look inside myself to find out how many things that I know and how many things that I'm, I'm good at. For all that thing that I know, you're right. I could become this, I could become that, I could become a lot of things, and I could learn more, become a doctor or lawyer or anything like that. But I think about everything, even if I go to school, get a degree, become this, become that. I still have to work for somebody. That is the key thing that pushed me back to become an artist. And I don't even know that artist is the right word for me. I just want to do things on my own. That's the word. Yeah. And when I say I want to do things on my own, one thing that clicked to me is what I'm good at to be on my own. The thing that I'm good at is doing artwork through my hand and my eye and my mind. Just like I say in my my uh, uh, resume, that as soon as my hand try to coordinate with uh, uh, try to coordinate with my eye, I can do the work good, you know. So I use my skill that I born with to make my life. That's why I become what they call me artist because I do just the thing I love, and I say that I work with what I play or I play with my, what I work. Did you ever think that um, you wanted to do it because you thought that Cambodia need that kind of professions? Did you really think about that as a hey, you know, um, I've seen destructions happen during the Khmer Rouge, the Vietnamese invasion, and and then there's so many things there that was destroyed. So our arts one of them so did you really think about that at all i i have to tell you the truth that i did not think that way at all but i think the other way i did not think that cambodian need this kind of career need the kind of uh, of skill to go back in the society i think that the world needs this kind of skill and this kind of work that i i do because i want to use my skill and my knowledge through my artwork, to tell the world about what's going on in Cambodia. Because the only way I can talk to people, the only way I can express myself and tell the world about the, 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 the story and the, the whole people around me can come to me is I have to have something for them to come and look. So I have to create artwork for them to come close to me. That's how I use you know, my skill to create painting, drawing, writing, poetry, and all that stuff, to make the reader and the, and, and the art observer come close to me so I can tell the story through my artwork about what's going on in Cambodia. That is my mindset, to use my skill. 
So you want to show, uh, actually show the world what happened. Yeah. Wonderful. I know that besides being an artist, I know that you have been very, very active in serving the Cambodian community, both inside the United States and outside of the United States. Uh, what have you done to help our people, Chakra? Well, it's just the continue of what I did and fell in the jungle of freedom fighter. What I really worry about is the fall of our nation to the invader, that they want to swallow our our country and wipe out our nation from this uh, this planet or from this map of the world. And what I been going around from society to society, from community to community, from state to state, is to tell the true story that's going on in Cambodia and try to find a way to communicate with our people, to tell the story, the same story that I told uh, all my friends and my colleagues during the first eye setting on the Vietnamese invasion in 1979. We are in trouble. Our nation in trouble. We have to do something. That's all I've been around from place to place to tell, uh, to uh, to contact with our people. That's all I've been doing. Hmm. Uh, many people do not know that yet. This question pertaining to the work that you have done, have you encountered any obstacles from being or becoming an artist in the United States? Well, Are any challenges preventing you from being an artist? If my mind, my heart, my hand, and my hope is weak, I would have been crushed down with all that obstacle already. Because it starts with a lot of negative, I mean mountain and ocean of negative throwing on me to begin with. But something inside me just telling me that I'm different and I'm going to be strong. I survived the life of an orphan. I survived the life of a, uh, of an army during the first war. I survived the life during the killing field. I survived the life during the freedom fighter. And I'm here in the land of freedom, the land of opportunity. It's my way to go out and grab that opportunity, not waiting because I never seen a lion eating deer or eating animal without chasing. And I'm a chaser. That's how I get mm -hmm, my way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. So what are the most difficult challenges uh, that you have faced, and how have you overcome such challenges? Well, the thing is, uh, one thing is with the outside, and one thing is inside. Inside is your own health. You know, and your own mind sometimes it drag you to the other negative way too, but um strong enough to fight my own inner gut, you know, not to take me into the wrong direction, even my sickness wouldn't take me down. I always think that I'm not gonna die because I've been through a lot of that spot already, you know, so I'm not gonna die this time. you probably i I appreciate that you wrote a good, good thing about the time that I have a kidney transplant, you know. I never thought that mm -hmm. even the, with a kidney transplant, I never thought that it's a big problem to me. People think that's a big problem, but I think that I'll be survived. That's, that's what I program my mind. You People just knew know it, that. didn't you? You just I knew just it knew. In, inside, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I just implant. I just put a lot of light, you know, put a new battery on that all the time that makes sure that my life never go dark. Yeah. So you overcame not just mental challenges, but physical challenges as well, though, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And from the outsider, there was ton and ton, just like I say, mountain and ocean of negative. Negative word from friend, negative word from neighbor, negative word from the community. Give but, me some example when you talk about negativities. What did they say to you? Give me some, like, two or three uh, examples that... Uh, that may, uh, if that, if you don't have strong uh, mindset, then may bring you down. What did they say? Well, it it come. The first one that come to me is the word that I don't even know, but I just understand because the word starving means you know food to eat, right? Yeah. So they throw me the word the starving artist in the United States because I told them that I want to be an artist, and they say a lot of starving artists. That word right there should stop me from being an artist, right? Definitely, but, yeah. Yeah, but something inside me telling me that I am different. Watch me. Just talk to myself like that. I am different. Watch me. And four or five years later, they not just watch me. They see me. Stand up tall. You know, I just set my, I just program and set my mind to do what I think that I want to do. So you probably used uh, such words or negativities that these people implanted in your mind to to be as just stepping stones to get where you want to go. So it's like an energy to push you up further, not to bring you down, right? Exactly, exactly. You got it. You got it. What I mean? What I mean inside my heart now? Yeah. I told yeah. like that. Give me as hard as you can. Take me to mm-hmm. the easy way. Give me the hard thing, but it will take me to the easy way. Yeah. If you, life, if you ever hate me, hate me as much as I love you. That's I do Yeah. All right, my friend. I uh, commend you for that. Not too many people that uh, that I have met uh, that could withstand all kind of uh, negativities, and you know, some people will stop at the first two or three words, and uh, you know, stop doing it. Not worth it. This and that, and and you overcame that. You know what do you think about our Khmer society? Though I know that there's some people are still struggling through, uh, or not just some. I would say many people are still struggling through difficult times and challenges because of the past things that they have gone through during the war, uh, Khmer Rouge, and all of that. Now, uh, what do you think about us in general in the U.S.? Do you think that Cambodian people need help in building our community to become more successful at least, or do you think that they are okay now? They're not okay. Uh, They're not. uh, We're not, you know, we're not okay. We definitely need help. And it starts with helping ourselves. Don't start with asking others to help us. We need to change the way we think. I always say that in Cambodian words, if you change your thought, change the way you think, you will change your life. But majority of, of us don't change. They keep doing the same thing over and over. They keep thinking the same thing over and over, and they expect to get something new or something different. They're not. 
So in order to build up our society, we have to build up the way we think first. Change the way we think and build up. You know, find a good point in in in, in ourselves. Find a good point in our society and go for it. Go grab it. You know, just like a lion. Find mm-hmm. out. You know, spot any animal in the wilderness and aim their eye on that and run for it and chase for it. You know, if you live your life aimlessly, then you're gonna get aimlessly result. That's what I think. Well, I'm very uh, happy to hear that. But, you know, when I have gone through uh, many places and seeing our community, seeing our people, you know, they seem to be okay to me. And so everybody was going their ways. They have fun. Uh, they sing karaoke. A lot of people don't think that we do have problem. But why, why are you saying that they do have problem? Well, you know, the, it looked okay. It's just like I always say about that taxi club, uh, about the, the cyclists in Cambodia, or about the water boy that go collect water every day, you know, to sell to town, people in town. They keep doing the same thing. They think that it's normal. They think it's okay. They work so hard. They kill themselves, you know. But there's a, a better way to do it. Mm-hmm. And we want to show a better way. There was people that study with the lantern, with a propane, with with I mean with gasoline lantern that give enough light to read. But there is another electric light for you to read. Which one is better? You know, people enjoy the lantern, but mm-hmm. if you present them, if you show them, if you introduce them. To electric light, they be surprised. A lot. The, the the big mistake is the ignoring of the other part of life, the other part of career, the other side of 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 a better life. They don't want to look look to you know. People living here. The reason that you run from your country because you you search for a better way to live, right? Yeah. And. You never stop searching. Not that that I want to show to introduce people to ambitious or or Kalublun. I just want to show them to find way to live a better life. That's all. A better life is living happy. In Cambodian language, say sokai sabaychat. You know, you don't do hard work. You know, physically not hard work, and mentally not worry all the time. You see people go karaoke and on the weekend. You see people go and play on the weekend, cook out and all that stuff, drinking and all that stuff. But what you see on the other side is during the weekday, they struggle under the pressure from the boss. They get stuck in traffic. They get stuck in all these problems, all that problem. They go under pressure from all direction of, you know, bill. So they actually don't have freedom of body, freedom of mind, and freedom of spirit then, even though you live in a free country, right? Yes, and they pretend like they they hide their own problem. They just want to show the better part. I mean, you can't live by lying your own self, you know. I don't want to lie myself. If I'm happy, (laughs) I'm happy, you know. What are you personally doing now to help build 
the community. Have you thought about any ways and means to help them out? I've been doing that for a long time, and I still, you know, never was want to stop. But as I always, as we always talk, you know, you cannot teach a person that don't want to learn. You cannot give a person that don't want to get, and you cannot help person or people that don't ask or don't need help. You know, people like right now they get stuck with their own stuff, and we try to help them. To find a better way to live, to reduce their own problem, to convenient, to give a little convenient to life. But 30 years, more than 30 years in the United States, more than 30 years that I work intensely in the community, I realize that I have to slow down a little bit right now. I wait instead of going give. I wait until people come and ask for help right now. To tell you the truth. I never stop thinking of people, never stop thinking of community, but I have to find other way instead of travel all, all over the place. I wait all over the place to travel to me, I mean, to, to, to show me or to ask me for help if I can do anything to help them. Do you plan to do anything in the future besides waiting for them to get help? I don't plan to do anything in the future. I plan for the future every day. I'm, I've been doing, you know, I've been working on my place to show them. If they come to me, they know it, how mindsetting works. You probably see what I, the progress that I have in my place from my garden to my gallery to my house that I keep working to the way I want it. I never stop. Never settle down with karaoke, never settle down with just a cookout on the weekend. Never settle down with just one tree here, one flower here, one garden here. I always keep improving, keep changing all the time, finding a better way. Tomorrow is always different from today. Tomorrow is always make today different from yesterday. This is what I what I plan to do and what I plan to help the community, what I plan to show the community. And I hope that my work and my way and my life will motivate some people that listen, motivate some people that come to see my work, uh, to pick up something good from here and, you know, changing their life. I believe they do need that badly now because in uh, New York as well as other uh, states, I think people not as rosy as we think they are. I agree with you that uh, we need a lot of help to build our community. Last question for me has something to do with you as an artist. I believe you have to use a lot of your thought, uh, imaginations, and most importantly, your visualization before even taking the first step, mm. right? The first step, the second step, the third, and then, and then yeah. the last step to make sure that you succeed in every single artwork now, mm-hmm. and you don't just give up in the middle of your job, right? Can you give some advices to our listeners and especially our younger generation with regards to their personal major purpose, not? giving up their big dream, for example. How do you do it? Like finish the project without stopping in the middle of the project regardless of what happened? 
Well, to my experience, and I could say that, you know, I look inside myself first. If any listener listen to this and if they get my point and they can repeat what I do, and I guarantee that it's going to be, it's going to take them to the point that they want. Because I look, the way I become myself right now, I look inside myself to find out what I like the best for my life. And I take the out, the inside out. What I like the best inside me, I take that as a symbol in my life. In Cambodia, call that it's Gatsun, you know. I use that as a focal point, and I let all my three action, mental action, verbal action, and and physical action, point to that. Just like I turn off every light in my house and open just one spotlight on top of what I want to see. It was so clear. So I mm-hmm. turn off. The mind is, is work it's just like one light aiming to one spot. If you don't aim your mind into a certain thing, if you don't aim your mind into a certain certain sun, your mind will go like a monkey jumping from thing to, from 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 one thing to another. So mind, if you work, if you know how to work, you it sounds like a lot of work, a lot of thinking, but it's not. You stop your mind from thinking a thousand things out there come to think only one thing. That means you focus your mind on one thing only instead of letting your mind go freely. So when you focus your mind into one thing and that thing that you like or you love the best and go for it, never stop because you think over and over that you drop out a lot of things that you don't like it. You come to pick up one thing that you like it. And this is the thing that you like it. You imagine that you like it from the day that you think that you like it until the end of your life. So you have the good. You must have that. You must accomplish that. So in order to accomplish that, every awakening of your time, you have to work on that. It's just like I want to have my garden. I want to have my sculpture. I think of that in my head before it comes to reality. I say, I want to work on a piece of stone turn into something round or the same in that shape. That mm-hmm. picture, I visualize that in my head, and I want to bring that inner vision to the reality of the real vision that I can see. You know, I want to bring that into uh, on the top of my working table, and I want uh-huh. to bring that on top of the pedestal, and I visualize that also without going to the big gallery, I visualize my work. It's inside the big gallery somewhere under the good spotlight. So I see that and so clear that that pushed me to do it over and over until it finished. And most of the time when I finish it and the finish point that I have in my mind come to reality. Here, there, my work is in the gallery that I want to be. So you actually see the product even before you started, right? Before you it see exists. it clearly before you put the, your hands to, uh, and use a chisel or anything. You see that product from the beginning to an end and how it looked, how it's going to end up in the gallery, and maybe you know you see audiences, you know, happily looking at your final product. Yeah, I foreseen that. 
clearly inside my head. It's hard to... So you, you, you would think that if somebody wants things so bad in their life, if somebody has a big dream and as long as they they visualize their main purpose or the uh, major purpose and they focus their mind to get there they will get it oh yes oh yes you have to to to, to make whatever you have to to uh, use your imagination and aim on one thing and make that thing that you want to become a real picture inside your head and when that become a real picture inside your head then you program your hand and you program your commitment to make that picture inside your head become the reality outside. That's how I did it. Everything that you are saying is coming from the world within first and then the world without will happen later and come from thought processes which guide you to complete whatever you want to complete successfully. Exactly. Thank you. Oh, wonderful, yep. man. Wonderful. I hope that our younger generation who are listening to this program get that. So here we go. Gentlemen who came from a broken family or often without any parents or moving from one place to another, living with monks. and It's an amazing story that, that you have, and then you have made it this far that you have used the obstacles to, uh, to guide you to succeed in your life. And I thank you very much for giving your whole history here. Hopefully that we can learn from your experience, and I know I I know I'm gonna have more questions later on, but because of we don't have much time left, give um, your final thoughts uh, to our listeners. Uh, go ahead, Jackra. Well, what should I say about final thought? You know, if if you listen to this and if you'd like to see more or hear more, or getting closer to uh, what I've been talking about, what we've been talking about, come visit my gallery and don't talk to me that much. Talk to my artwork. Come and talk to my artwork and you hear more story. Thank you. Where can they go? Uh, Give them your address. Uh, My address in 3154 Route 9, Cold Spring, upstate New York, 10516. And my phone number is 914 Five eight nine six eight two seven. Call me anytime. We can chat about anything in life. Or can they get a hold of you uh, where your uh, email and what is your email address? Uh, my email is chakrau at gmail dot com. It's C H A K R A O E U R at gmail dot com. That's my email. Or you can just Google my name. Chakrau or Chantu is spelled C H A N T H O U, last name O E U R, or C H A K R A, and last name O E U R. You can Google and you see more story in there. And you have a Facebook too, right? Facebook page? 
Facebook page, the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Very good, man. Well, Chakra, it has been a great pleasure indeed uh, as a host. Again, thank you for spending your time and thank you for joining uh, Journey to Success Radio Network. And uh, that's all the time we have today. Thank you, everyone, for your time and attention and for tuning in to this special program on Journey to Success Radio Network. Again, I am Timothy Chim. And don't forget, if you have a story to tell, share it here on Journey to Success Radio Network. Bye-bye. Have a good day, Chakra. I'll Uh, talk to you you soon. Thank you very much, and thanks for creating another step for my long, endless journey. Thank you very much. Oh, we'll do again. We'll do again, my friend. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email Tom at TomTooTall.com for details. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.